Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Man, I'm doing all right, babe. Good to be here. Man. Uh, folks, I am. I, I really. I. I know. Six twenty-eight. I feel was the most important show I ever did. Episode mm-hmm. six twenty-eight, where I laid out the scheme. Um, but today's show is uh, going to be a close second, if not overtake uh, number six twenty-eight. I have so much for you that broke last night. Yeah. That just cracked this thing wide open. Um. That I'm. I, I had to line it out to keep my emotions in check because I'm. It's a mixture of disappointment. Um in our government sadness, but also excitement at finally getting to the bottom of this and getting you the information you need to know. It's the biggest scandal in U.S. history, folks, as far as I'm concerned. The the machine of government was used to spy on an opposition political candidate. Uh, There's no getting around that now. The only question was how, and how it happened is now becoming clearer. So we have more info on that today. Um, Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, These guys were one of my original sponsors. I love them to death. Folks, you know, we ensure a lot of things in our lives, a lot of things in our lives that matter. They have a new product out. It's like fruit and vegetable insurance. You're like, what the heck does that mean? Folks, you're supposed to eat your fruits and vegetables. Everybody knows it. The micronutrients, the macronutrients, people who eat fruits and vegetables are, gen- vegetables are generally healthier people. All the good quality nutrients in that are going to help you live a long life, uh, hopefully free of disease and illness. Uh, you know, listen, fruit, fruits and vegetables are the way to go. I mean, uh, you know, they're not going to cure your disease, but this is the way to go for a healthy life. Now, you know, a lot of us don't get to eat eight to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Mm-hmm. So- Brickhouse Nutrition developed like a fruit and vegetable insurance plan. And what's that? Field of Greens. They ground up the fruits and vegetables. They ground it up into a great tasting powder. It tastes a little bit like cherry. It's really terrific stuff. I enjoy it. I love it. I put it in green tea. Sometimes I put it in V8. And it's a mixture of fruits and vegetables you probably wouldn't get anywhere else. You know, who's going to eat 10 servings of kale a day or 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 tart cherry or all the stuff they have in there. They have even ginger and some prebiotic uh, compounds. It's really terrific stuff. Go check it out. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. And check out Field of Greens today. And while you're at it, check out Dawn to Dusk as well, their energy product, which gives you 10 hours of time-release energy a day. It's one of the best products out there. Uh, We get really positive reviews on it. Joe and I wouldn't be able to get through the day without it. Again, it's called Dawn to Dusk. Great stuff. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go check it out today. Field of Greens and Dawn to Dusk, two of the best nutrition products out there on the market. Okay, um, folks, first, let's address some uh, some reader emails. We've been getting uh, my email box is, is <laughs> imploding on itself because there's I, I really I'm getting so many emails, which is great. I, I appreciate them all. But there's some confusion about the timing of the Carter Page Warren. A very uh, a, a good question, yeah. very good question that some of the viewers have had is, well, if the Carter Page FISA warrant was approved in October, the, the, the warrant to spy on Carter Page, or just to be clear, was a backbencher uh, Trump foreign policy advisor. This was not an inner circle guy. It's been acknowledged by just about everybody on the campaign. 
But if the warrant to spy on him was improved after he left the FISA court warrant, then how were they spying on the Trump team? Now, if you've listened from 628 on, I think that makes sense. But to be fair, a lot of people just tuned in um, and maybe missing that. And to be additionally fair, some people, there's been so much information since 628, may have forgot what we originally said. Let me just walk you through the general scheme here for a minute so we can re- reset where we are. Is that yeah. probably the right thing to a, do? A refresher. Think, yeah, it's a good thing to do. Folks, the premise we've been operating with the entire time, take it out to 30,000 feet so you never forget this, is Obama's spied on the Trump team, the Obama administration. And I've been making the argument to you that they were setting the Trump team up the entire time. They were setting the Trump team up because everyone was afraid of Trump because he was an outsider. Mm-hmm. Things they had been doing for years. Abuses of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, the Uranium One scheme, IRS targeting, all of this stuff. The Benghazi, as I addressed yesterday. I'm just giving you the news reports, folks. All of the things that have been controversial under the Obama years and to be fair, the Bush years as well. A lot of the Foreign Intelligence of Surveillance Court abuses were not just under Obama. So don't make this a partisan thing on that specific issue. They were terrified of Trump. The Hillary team wanted Trump dirty. They wanted to make sure they got Trump in significant illegal illegal quagmire. That way, got you know. Now keep in mind, Hillary's interests are dirtying up Trump so that they beat him in the campaign. Right. They want to spy on him and leak nasty information so they win. Obama's interests in the Obama White House, as I discussed yesterday, there were so many people who had their fingers dirty in so many different things during the Obama year, years. Uranium One, the IRS scandal, Benghazi. And Joe, remember I explained this yesterday. Yes. There is, this is not going to be ever tied up in a neat little package. There are literally hundreds of players that had their fingers dirty on so many different Obama scandals. The Obama administration's interest in dirtying up Trump is, God forbid he wins, we can get his butt impeached ASAP. Then we can get a normal Republican, normal air quotes, Republican in there who will let all of this go like they always have. And we can all go on and roast marshmallows and make s'mores around the campfire. Is this making sense? Yes. Joe, I, I feel like maybe you and I, you have always been the audience on Budsman, I, yeah. but you've been with this with me for a while. But I have to tell you, I think you're failing at your role. And I mean that as a compliment no. because you're a smart guy yeah. and you've been with me since 628. But I think some of the audience is missing this. I, um, I They may be, but I mean, maybe this is for me hearing it from you all the time and doing the show yeah, every day. I, but I, I'm with I, it. I, I get yeah. it, and I get yeah. But yesterday confused some people uh-huh. because it was such a detailed kind of chart on who's related to who and why it matters. Pull it out to 30,000 feet. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to the question I asked at the beginning. Why was the, if how was, how were they spying on the Trump team if the FISA warrant was approved on page after he left the Trump team? I'm going to get to that in a second. But you have to understand this first. The Hillary team needed to dirty up Trump so they could beat him and leak information to the press about Trump. Look at him. He's dealing with foreign officials and the Russians. The Obama team needed Trump dirty so that, God forbid, they lost. They could have him impeached almost immediately so they could cover their tracks. It's, folks, it's no more complicated than that. Now, the intricacies of what everybody did wrong and what their role in the scandal was, that's a little more complicated. That's where you have to listen to the show to figure out how the players interact with one another. Yes, yes, yes. But it's also, Joe, wouldn't you agree the most fascinating part of this? Oh, it's, it's snaky. It goes in so many it, directions. It's, it's hard. Right. You know? And maybe that was purposeful, and, you know? And, and we've acknowledged... That some of it may be coincidence. Oh, all right, yeah. But what I'm telling you is there are so many coincidences in this scandal. 
that there's no way all of it's coincidence. Right. There's, it just defies logic. Remember, folks, as a former federal agent, you don't prove anything in a criminal case if you're a federal agent investigator against your subject. You prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. No one proves anything. Again, if I find Joe with a knife in his hand at a murder scene with someone who was stabbed, could it be a coincidence? Hmm. Folks, it absolutely could. I am absolutely sure at some point in human history, someone was stabbed to death and an innocent guy showed up at a scene with a knife. Maybe he thought he was going to take out the actual killer who got investigated for a crime. What I'm telling you is, if that happens over and over and over again, a thousand murder scenes and a thousand guys with a knife show up, 999 of them are probably guilty. I'm giving you a series of coincidences that are not explainable anymore by just simple, oh, no, no, that's all random. It defies logic. Reasonable doubt's been thrown out the window. Now, for those of you who may have missed the first few shows from number 628 on, this was a setup the entire time. The setup begins way before Carter Page starts being monitored in October. Way before. There are people who approach the Trump team repeatedly during the campaign that have connections to Hillary's campaign. Why are they approaching the Trump team? I told you, you know, the example I keep using is is some rando keeps knocking on your door and asking you to join him in robbing a bank and you have no idea who this guy is, do you think by the 15th time he knocks on your door, somebody's trying to set you up? You're like, this guy keeps knocking on my door and asking me to rob a bank with him. Well, he's maybe doing it because someone's putting him up to it to get you to agree to it on tape so they can arrest you for a conspiracy to rob a bank. (laughs) Sergey Milian, the businessman. And again, I'm not telling you that these people I'm about to mention active are are active players. They may be they may be pawns in this. Understand that. Sergey Milian, the person who is alleged to have um fed the story about the golden shower through surrogates to Christopher Steele. Sergey Milian also was interacting with George Papadopoulos according to media reports. How is a guy who's interacting with Papadopoulos, a Trump campaign advisor, backbencher guy, how is his information getting back to Hillary's outlet at Fusion GPS? Could it be coincidence? They just, oh, they just randomly happen to know a few people? What about uh, uh, Agalarov, the guy who sets up the meeting at Trump Tower? They say, hey, listen, someone's telling us they have dirt on Hillary. Who shows up? Oh, a lawyer that's working for Fusion GPS. How do you think that happened? That a company that's employed by Hillary to get dirt on Trump sends a lawyer they're working with to Trump Tower through a guy who knows Trump Jr.? Folks, do you think that's a dink? Finally, Alexander Downer, who meets in a London bar with Papadopoulos. No one can explain, by the way, how they've met yet. I haven't heard it. And no one knows how this happened. This is a guy who's worked with the Clintons before as an Australian diplomat who has been part and parcel to a questionable transfer of money from the Australian government to the Clinton Foundation. This guy meets with a a Trump campaign advisor in a bar, and he's the guy who reports back to American intelligence that Papadopoulos said some suspect stuff to him, and this started the investigation. 
How are all of these people connected to Hillary and connecting with the Trump campaign at the same time? How? 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 Is this all random? Folks, I think this is the one thing we're doing differently on this show that I don't hear many people talking about. He was being framed. The Trump team was being set up. The page warrant in October, the page warrant is a reverse engineering of a crime. It is the attempt to put legal cover on what is already going on. Remember, Mm -hmm. they sought the page warrant throughout the summer. The whole time, all of these people are approaching the Trump team. The fact that it was approved in October, it was sought earlier. The page warrant, the Carter page warrant to spy on him and by default the Trump team because they can make leaps there. In other words, well, who did Paige email? Well, this guy. Well, can we look at his stuff too? Is an attempt to put a legal cover on it. You know, the explanation I I gave to you, and some of you objected to it because it it, it infers criminality, but I'm sorry, I've got to use it because it just, it'll make sense. If I'm engaged in an illicit spying operation on Joe because I think Joe is engaged in felonious mopery, Mm. We're listening in on Joe's emails and we're listening in on on Joe's conversations. And I don't have a good legal reason to do it. And then I find out later that I I break into Joe's house and there's evidence of Joe's uh, of Joe's felonious mopery in Joe's house. But I break in. I committed a crime. Mm -hmm. And let's say I find evidence of stuff. If I use that evidence later on to go and get a legal warrant, it does not make the legal warrant valid. My point is that the legal avenues they were pursuing to pursue Carter Page was an effort to cover what had been an already ongoing setup. Joe, is this making sense? Yeah. Uh, it, now it is. you may I, say to yourself, I'm with you. how was this spying happening? Right? I mean, is that you may say, well, if the spying didn't begin officially under legal cover until October, mm-hmm. how were they spying on the Trump team? Yeah. Folks, the Obama administration is already on the record having unmasked record numbers of people in their last year in office. Who are the people they unmasked? In other words, The government, the government can legally spy on foreign people in a foreign country. The United States government, uh, Joe, you got to stop me if I, all right, if I confuse anybody. Mm -hmm. The United States government can legally spy on foreigners in a foreign country. They have no constitutional protections. Now, they can't legally spy on an American citizen in a foreign country. They can't legally spy on foreigners in the United States. Or American citizens in the United States. But they can spy on foreigners in a foreign land. What if those foreigners are talking to U.S. citizens? But what if the target the entire time is the U.S. citizen, not the foreigner? Folks, this has a name. It's called reverse targeting. Meaning, you can legally spy on a foreigner, but you know he's talking to US citizen, a U.S. citizen you can't legally spy on. So what do you do? You say, oh, oh, we were just targeting the foreigner. You were not. You were listening to the U.S. citizen the whole time. Why does the unmasking matter? Because while listening to the foreigner, the U.S. citizen has to be masked. In other words, it'll say, 
Russian citizen Joey Bag of Donuts was talking to U.S. person. Mm-hmm. We don't know who that is. Unless the White House uses its authority to unmask. Now, all of a sudden, this conversation with the U.S. citizen with no warrant at all is essentially spied on. Joe, is this making sense? That was very easy. Yes. So, number one, who were the unmaskings? So, again, to answer your question, well, if Page was spied on only in October, keep in mind, you're forgetting the fact that they were seeking warrants the entire time in 2016. Then how is it that they were spying on the Trump team? The question you have to ask yourself is, were they unmasking members of the Trump team the entire time talking to foreign officials? And were those conversations with foreign officials spurred on in any way Mm -hmm. by the setup operation? In other words, hey, let's send a bunch of people to meet up with Trump team officials, Carter Page and Papadopoulos, hoping that the Trump team people call foreign officials afterwards to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then we can say we're listening on the foreign officials while we're really listening on the Trump team people and we unmask them the whole time. It's genius. Now, combine that with an article headline I've read to you only 65,000 times here. And I will read it again. CNN politics. I can't read this enough, folks, because this is reported by CNN, not Dan Bongino, April 14, 2017. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians on to U.S. counterparts. This was way before the warrant. So now I'm asking you to combine the fact. Hold on, I got so much going on here. To combine the fact that there are record numbers of unmaskings going on of, quote, U.S. persons during the entire campaign before Page. Page is just an attempt to cover this up. Put a legal cover on it. Mm -hmm. Because if we get the warrant on Page show, what can we do? We can retroactively go back and get all those emails. We already have. (laughs) And now we say, oh, no, no, we got it because of the warrant. You did. You sure about that? I already read the headline to you. So we already know foreign intelligence operations were passing information off to U.S. intelligence. We already know the Obama administration was engaged in record unmaskings. Mm -hmm. We already know that the Obama administration had an active interest in what's going on with the Trump campaign. We already know that there's a counterintelligence investigation going on into the Trump team because Jim Comey's already admitted it. Mm But he's already admitted that the operation was going on way before Carter Page in October. Folks, this was going on the entire time. I Please understand, the Page warrant is nothing more than a legal excuse to do what they were already doing. Now, question number two. Why Carter Page? I don't get it. Why not just spy on Trump then? I said this yesterday, but I want to. It's important you get the details. Why not just spy on Don Trump Jr.? Why not spy on Ivanka, Jared, Donald Trump himself? Because they had nothing. You can't create a legal cover for an illicit operation without an air of legality. In other words, they needed evidence, they didn't have any. The only, quote, Joe, in Mm -hmm. they had into the Trump team to spy on them was a guy who had already been known to the FBI, Carter Page. 
who had already been an informant for the FBI in a case to take down Russian spies, U.S. versus Buryakov. Somebody sees Carter Page's name in a newspaper. Look, Trump just brought on Carter Page as a foreign policy advisor. (gasps) Wait, what? We've been looking into the Trump team the whole time. We don't have enough evidence to spy on Trump. We got this guy. I know this guy well. Now, let me just read to you something awfully convenient, folks. The Department of Justice National Security Division head, Division head. if you've been listening, you've heard this name before. I always say, remember the names, the best investigative tip I ever got in my life when I was a federal agent. Remember the Memorize them. Don't just remember, memorize them because they will come up later and you won't have time. Memorize them because when you hear it, boom, everything makes sense. John Carlin, the Department of Justice National Security Division head. The one place not subject to the Office of Inspector General review, which is the review that it's exposing all of this. That's the internal affairs for justice. Not this office. They can do whatever they want. Carlin runs that office. Remember what I'm trying to tell you now. They need an in to the Trump team to create legal cover for what they've already been doing because they're panicked. Crap, if Trump wins, he's going to figure all this out. We better get a warrant. Wait, now? For what you've been doing the whole time? Carter Page is the excuse. Because he's already known to the FBI. Right. Because in the case and prosecution versus uh, Yevgeny Buryakov, who was trying to recruit other... He was a Russian spy. Carter Page had already cooperated with the FBI to get the guy. He was an informant. He wasn't the bad guy in the case. May have made some horrible decisions, but he was working with the FBI. Someone in the FBI sees Page's name on the Trump team like, here's our in. Bingo. Home run. Swing for the fences, fellas. Now, I said, remember the name John Carlin. Here is a Department of Justice release on the prosecution of Eugene, uh, excuse me, uh, Yevgeny Buryakov prosecuted and investigated with the help of one Carter Page. This is the sentencing announcement for Buryakov. The sentence was announced by Assistant Attorney General for National Security John P. Carlin and U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara of the Southern District of New York. Carlin was involved in the Buryakov case with Carter Page. You need a scapegoat? You need a patsy? You need a fall guy? You need someone? Carlin, DOJ National Security Division, intimately involved. By the way, Carlin is one of just a handful of people who can approve a FISA warrant to spy on Carter Page. By the way, Carlin was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. The special counsel had... Coincidence again. Crazy how this happens. Carlin's one of a handful of people that can approve a warrant to spy on Carter Page because they need a legal warrant badly now. They better cover their tracks. Carlin was a lead player in the prosecution of Buryakov, prosecuted with the assistance of one Carter Page. Everyone needs a fall guy, folks. Carter Page, this is our guy. This is the inn. They had already been doing it. Carter Page was nothing more than the fall guy. 
folks, I mean, what, what, what else? If you're hearing this, I'm really serious right now, and you're a liberal progressive out there. Mm-hmm. Are, I mean, how are you not freaked out by this? Do you understand that if a Republican president, God forbid, by the way, were to ever do this to anyone else, there would be understandably and rightfully so a meteor uproar and the constitutional republic would be challenged. Why is it now any less because there's a D in front of these people's names? You may say, well, Bob Mueller's a Republican. That's not the point. The point is the Democratic president, the Democratic um, a nominee for president were intimately involved in the biggest spying scandal in American history. Well, whoever they used in the operation to do it, these people are implicated in this. Why is this not bothering you? Joe, did I sum that up? Yeah. Because let me tell you, this is, I've got, oh, I've got a lot more today. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. So just to sum up, I'm sorry. I'm I'm rewinding the tape so you all get it. That's all right, man. Yeah. The question was, why Page? And if Page was only spied on formally in October after he left the Trump campaign, how were they spying on the Trump team? No, 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 no. They were already spying on the Trump team. Foreign intelligence was passing information on the Trump team. The Trump team was being approached by people who were reporting back to an operation working for Hillary, maybe to instigate conversations with foreign officials, which could then be recorded and unmasked later. It approaches election time. People are panicking now. They're getting denied at the FISA court for warrants to spy spy on Carter Page. By the way, 99.9% of warrants are approved. Theirs weren't. How much crap had to be in there that they were the one group of people that did not get approved? Finally, in October, the dossier comes out. Bingo, we've got enough information. We need an in. People at the Department of Justice and the FBI already know an in. Hey, didn't we work with that guy Carter Page in the Buryakov prosecution? Yeah. <gasps> Let's use that guy. He's on the Trump team. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do we get information on Carter Page, Joe? Because we still have to go to a court and swear on this. Yeah. <sighs> Let's go to Christopher Steele, a former British spy who may have some connections to the same people providing intelligence on the Trump team overseas, that foreign intel the entire time. And let's produce a dossier that says Carter Page is the boogeyman. Yeah, <gasps> I'm liking this. Yeah. We, of course you are. Yeah. Now, this is going to be part two of this show. They needed the dossier to get to Page. They needed Page to get to Trump. They needed a legal avenue to cover for the stuff they were already doing against the Trump team. And the page warrant is the way they did it. Mm -hmm. Now, we have been mistakenly calling this. See Joe on the camera. We have been mistakenly calling this the Steele dossier the entire time. I'm about to make the case to you. This was not the Steele dossier. This was the Clinton dossier. In other words, the information they needed to nail Carter Page because they needed a fall guy. And Carlin and these other guys are know exactly who Carter Page is. The information they needed was not even produced by the people who they said produced it. Much of the information was fed to them by Clinton consigliaries themselves, pure political actors. Holy. We're going to make that case in a second. 
<laughs> I'm giving Joe that. Joe's like a professional. Uh, he has all these signals for like stuff. And I wasn't I'm actually ready for that. Joe. <laughs> yeah, you know. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. You know, I love these guys at iTarget. You know, anybody could shoot a firearm, right? The question is, can you shoot it accurately? Competitive shooters, they dry fire, right? Yeah. Meaning fire the weapon with no rounds in there to practice the trigger pull, sight alignment, equal light on both sides, their grip. The You know, you got to grip it the right way to the firearm, right? They dry fire 10 times more than they live fire. Why? We used to do it in the Secret Service. Because dry firing your firearm is a great way to practice your marksmanship. Now, safety, safety, safety. Check an unloaded weapon. Check it twice. Check it three times. Look. Look in the chamber. Make sure it's empty. Feel inside the chamber with that pinky, not your thumb. Make sure it's empty. And the iTarget Pro system, what they'll do is they will sell you. This is a a terrific product. They will sell you a laser bullet. It goes right in the chamber. You don't have to do anything special to fire them you have now. Just tell them the caliber. You have 40 caliber, 357 SIG, 9mm, 38, doesn't matter. They will sell you a laser bullet. It goes in the chamber. And when you dry fire, depressing the trigger, it'll hit the back of this uh, the rubber stopper and this laser bullet. And it'll emit a laser onto a target they send you. You say, why do I need that? Because now you know where the round would have went. Dry firing without that, you have no idea. You're just pulling a, a dry trigger, you know? Now you can see exactly where the rounds would have went, and it allows you to make those subtle changes to your grip, your sight alignment, uh, the elevation of the weapon. Remember, bring your weapon up to the eyes, not your eyes down to the weapon, or else you'll see over the back sight onto the front sight. You won't see through it. These are all important tips I learned in my many years in law enforcement. This will teach you how to do that. I have people sending me their groupings on Monday, which are spread all over the place, and then sending me their groupings on a Friday or a Saturday, and they're like, look at how, how much better my marksmanship got in one week. It's the best. It's almost like a video game to teach you how to be a more effective shooter. If you're a sportsman, you're a self-defense advocate, cops, military, you're getting ready for the police academy, you're just getting ready to learn how to use a firearm for the first time, this is the system for you. Here's the website. I'm going to give you a cool promo code. It's I, the letter I, itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Promo code Dan, my first name, D A, and you'll save 10%. itargetpro.com. You will love, love, love this product. I think we overwhelmed them. I send them so much positive feedback at their email. They're having a tough time even <laughs> answering back. That's how good this product is. You're going to love it. itargetpro.com. Promo code Dan. Okay. Moving on now. Part one of the show. Why spy on page after? Because it was cover for what they were already doing. Why target page? Because they needed a patsy. They need a fall guy. And conveniently, they already knew who the fall guy was. Carter Page. Part number two. They need information to walk in front of a court. Because remember, they've already been denied at the FISA court for a warrant to spy on Page. They've already been told no. Now they need a new plan. Well, how do we get information, Joseph? That's foolproof. So now when we go in front of the FISA court, this time they won't say no. <gasps> let's get a dossier together. Mm-hmm. And even better, let's get a dossier together put together by a former British spy who conveniently has worked with the FBI before 
and has produced some credible information. Therefore, we can piggyback off his implied credibility and say that this is what happened. He has this document, this document, this dossier, which implicates Carter Page in already debunked nonsense. All these meetings that never happened with Russians. Let's do that. And then we can walk in front of the court and say, look, this British spy we worked with before, he produced this dossier, says Carter Page is a bad guy. He's the boogeyman. Now we need to spy on Carter Page. Nice job. Well done, fellas. Well done. The problem is information in the dossier and used is not from Christopher Steele. Let me read to you some interesting tidbits of information which broke last night. (laughs) Joe. Oh, man. I love you guys. But this is just amazing. Okay. Here's a classic one. So this is from, just so we're clear on what we're talking about. Senator Chuck Grassley, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, which has their own investigation going on into what happened with the dirty dossier, which is the Clinton dossier. It's not the Steele dossier. Folks, Steele is a patsy too. Steele is just an intermediary, a name to put on a fake document to give it credibility. How do I know that? There was another memorandum by Mr. Steele. This is a fascinating one. This is according to the Grassley letter, which, by the way, portions of it that were redacted were unredacted last night. And it is just explosive. Here is a quote from the letter. By the way, folks, please, 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 please read the show notes today. I'm begging you, please go to Bongino.com or sign up to my email list on my website, Bongino.com, and read the attached articles. I will have a link to the file where you can read this letter yourself. It's not long. This is under Section U. Please, please read it so you can see for yourself how damning this information is. Showing you the information in the dossier was not provided by Steele. There's, or not all of it, at least. There is more information here. Here we go. In parts, if it sounds like I'm reading this in chunks, it's because some portions of it are still redacted. Make sense, Joe? So I'm skipping over stuff that's redacted because I can't read it. It says... One memorandum by Mr. Steele that was not published by BuzzFeed is dated October of 2016, October 19th. Oh, gosh. Sorry, folks. I just lost that. Hold on. Give me a second here. I have so much stuff I want to get to. Okay. October 19, 2016. The report alleges, and this part's redacted, Mr. Steele's memorandum states that his company received this report from blank at the U.S. State Department, that the report was the second in a series and that the report was information that came from a foreign subsource who was in touch with blank, a friend of the Clintons, a contact of and a friend of the Clintons who passed it on to blank. It is troubling enough that the Clinton campaign funded Mr. Steele's work, but that these Clinton associates were contemporaneously feeding Mr. Steele allegations raises additional concerns about his credibility. What? the hell is going on here oh crap (laughs) folks what is going on here now we also know from the memo that the information provided by so now we know just to be clear here investigators need a patsy they need a fall guy they need a fall guy to cover for what they've already been doing Mm -hmm. They go to court to create legal cover to get a warrant for what's already going on. They're denied. They go back in October. Now we've got it. 
We've got a dossier. This dossier was produced by a British spy. It wasn't produced by a British spy. The information comes from two separate streams. Read the Grassley letter. It is in the show notes today. Here are your two separate streams. Stream number one, I just uh, described to you. Clinton confidants and friends were passing information through the State Department to the FBI. Now, you may say, because I got another email, what's the problem with that? The State Department doesn't pass on information, law enforcement information. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a thing called the Hatch Act. When I was a federal employee in the Secret Service, we are not allowed to get involved in politics. It's strictly prohibited. Why? Because we're law enforcement people. You think there's an incentive to target your political enemies like they do in Cuba? There's a reason we have a strict wall of separation between law enforcement interests and political interests. The State Department is not a law enforcement operation. They are not supposed to be working with the FBI to target the former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's political opponents. How do you not get that? Do you not understand? They were actively soliciting information from Clinton confidants, which according to at least the insinuation by Trey Gowdy last night on Martha McCallum's show, which we said during yesterday's show, is more than likely Sid Blumenthal, otherwise known as Sid Vicious, a political hack of the highest order and an associate of the Clinton campaign who's feeding information to the State Department to give to the FBI to prosecute a guy, or excuse me, to get a warrant on a guy to spy on the Trump team. That, what? You don't see the problem there? (laughs) We don't mix politics with law enforcement in that way. There are some, now there is political oversight of law enforcement. There are sheriffs who have to run for office. We do not mix and mingle in the federal government law enforcement interests with political interests. That's why we have the Hatch Act, which strictly prohibits the political activities of people who work in specific law enforcement and intelligence branches. I know it's why I had to leave the Secret Service. Now, to be honest, I forgot about the Hatch Act. So I bet you a lot of our listeners did A lot too. of people yeah, did. I did. Why do you think I had to? Folks, why do you think I had to leave the Secret Service to run for political office? Because any attempt to run for a political office while a law enforcement entity with federal law enforcement powers is absolutely prohibited for this an obvious reason. Should I have the power to take your freedom and investigate you if I'm also holding a political office and you may be my political opponent? Folks, are you kidding? <laughs> this is what they do in the third world. This is exactly what happened. This is exactly what happened. Folks, I... I I want to cont- I'm going to walk through the players here in a second because I want you to understand what happened here. Who did what? Because I think yesterday some of you were confused. Before we get to that, uh, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Filter By. Folks, it's been freezing cold. Uh, even in Florida, it was like 30-something degrees. You believe that's the first time I ever turned on my heat. Minneapolis for the Super Bowl was minus five. Winter's in full swing, and your HVAC system's working overtime, producing heat. You know, you listen, you got to clean out those filters. These are machines. These machines need to run and run efficiently. You're going to blow the darn thing up. If you aren't properly maintaining your filters, you're not only breathing unhealthy air, you might find yourself with no heat and thousands in repairs like I did. I had to replace both units. It really sucked. <laughs> now there's a better way with filterby.com. 
America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Filterby.com carries over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped free within 24 hours, plus they're maintained, uh, manufactured, excuse me, right here in America. Nice job, Filterby. We appreciate that. Give Americans jobs. Filter by offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade. That's some clean air, folks. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. You can't beat that. Save a little money, your energy bills, and you're healthier, and your lungs are cleaner. Who's better than you? Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, so you'll never need to think about air filters again. Set up the auto delivery. Who wants to worry about that? Save money, save time, breathe better with filterby.com. That's filterby.com, filterby.com. Okay. So now that I've explained to you the Hatch Act, and the reason I do my reads the way I do is because I want to make sure we don't lose you, and, and, and it's important that the show is paid for. We love our sponsors. They're terrific companies. But I don't want to lose you here, and I don't want to be in any way choppy. Let's rewind quickly and get to how we got to the Hatch Act. Thank you. The question I was addressing in the beginning of the show why Carter Page and why Carter Page after he left the Trump campaign, if you've been telling me Obama was spying on Trump. I laid out to you that the Obama team was spying on Trump the entire time. They need a patsy. They get the warrant on Page in October knowing they can retroactively read his emails with the Trump campaign all back as far as they'd like to now that they have legal cover. But they're having a hard time putting a legal excuse on an illicit operation because they're denied by the FISA court, which is nearly unprecedented, repeatedly. They need something. They need to nail Page. You can't have a patsy without information on the patsy. Making sense, Joe? Oh, yeah. They don't have anything on Page. All they have is that Page worked with the Bureau and nailing some Russians years ago, and some of the same players who know Page, notably Carlin and others, are intimately involved, and they are just a few handful of players who can actually approve a warrant to spy on someone in the FISA court. Conveniently, one of those people is Carlin, who already knows Page. (gasps) Wow. But they don't have enough information on Page. They don't have, to be clear, here's the information they need. Don't forget this. To spy in an American citizen in the spies in the uh, excuse me FISA court spies court <laughs> dude <laughs> we should hashtag that the spies court <laughs> yeah. right put that on a shirt remember that write that down spies hashtag spies court um to get the warrant <laughs> yeah just give me a thumbs up to get a warrant folks on page they need probable cause of two things that page is acting on behalf of a foreign agent. But he's doing so in violation of the law. They don't have that. You can't have a patsy with legal cover if you don't have a legal reason to spy. They need information. How do they get that information? The Clinton team says, wow, do we got a guy who could give you some information. Look at this. Christopher Steele, he was a former spy, but who's giving Steele the information? The information is coming from two channels. We already discussed number one. Clinton confidants. Oh, that's nice. Secondly, it's coming from the Russians themselves. Holy. Wait, wait, wait. So what you're telling me now, they need a patsy. Mm -hmm. They need information on a patsy because they don't have the they don't have enough evidence. That's right. 
the information they're getting on the Patsy that they're swearing to in front of a court to spy on him and the Trump team mm-hmm. is provided by the Russians and the Clinton campaign. Oh, <laughs> what? Are you, does that sound like collusion to you folks? If it doesn't, collusion is meaningless. You have Natalie Portman. Are you like a crazy person? No, I'm not. I'm just telling you what actually happened. Do you think Grasley's memo, where he clearly lays out that the information provided to uh, Steele in some of his memos, Steele's the guy the Bureau's using as their credible information source. Do you think he's lying when he says the information came from a Clinton confidant? You think Grasley's putting his entire professional credibility on the line because he doesn't he knows he he doesn't know he's just making it up? Keep in mind, Grasley has seen the actual FISA warrants. Very few people have seen those. Folks, there is a storm brewing right now. And the path to the White House is now clear as day. In the show notes today as well. Fox News article. Do not miss it. New text release between lead investigator in the Hillary Clinton case, Peter Stroke, the email case, also a member of the special counsel investigation against Trump. Of course, Peter Stroke is the one who is grotesquely biased against Trump. His text talks about how much he can't stand Trump, how his uh, him and Lisa Page think that they're, they're, his uh, supporters are basically idiots and they smell bad or whatever they said in there. New text bombshell texts released today september 2nd 2016 texts from peter stroke to lisa page potus wants to know everything who's potus president of the united states oh you don't believe me oh you think i'm the conspiracy theory again just look it up stroke and text uh stroke and uh page who are intimately involved in this investigation into both Trump and Hillary to give Hillary a pass and to set up Donald Trump. I've told you this the entire time. They're paging each other a couple months before the election. POTUS wants to know everything. Wow. You think they're making that up? (laughs) POTUS wants to know everything. Why? Why does POTUS want to know? What does Barack Obama want to know? Why does he want to know two months before an election what's going on with this investigation into the Trump team? You think he may already know? Maybe he wants a little update? You think John Carlin, the Department of Justice National Security Division head who's working with Sally Yates on this case the entire time, you think they may know a lot too? You think they've somehow kept the White House in the dark? Up until September. If you believe that, I got a bridge down here in Palm City to tell you. But as of September 2nd, 2016, we know POTUS wants to know everything. Now, why does this matter? And why does this matter as it relates to what I just told you about the information contained in the dossier they needed to take the Patsy down and create a legal document to cover for the spying operation the entire time. Mm -hmm. Because a number of people in the media have already reported on, and as Trey Gowdy insinuated last night, 
Many people believe the source for a lot of the information in the dossier was Sid Blumenthal, who is a political operative. This is not a government employee who is known as Sid Vicious, who has attacked people on behalf of the Clintons for eons. So what you're telling me is Sid Blumenthal may have put information into the into a memo for Christopher Steele in the form of it may have fed him information in a Steele dossier that was used to spy on an American citizen to create legal cover for an ongoing spying operation against Barack Obama's political opponents. It, is my head on straight? Now, I want to read to you something. Don't miss this piece in the show notes, folks. Hold on. Let me go to the original piece because I don't want to miss the date. The piece is from January of 2016 in Vice.com. This is not a conservative site. By Avi Asher Shapiro. January 12th, 2016. It posted at 3.20 p.m. This is a while ago, but it's an important piece, even if you read the first few paragraphs. It talks about Sid Blumenthal's relationship with the Clintons and how Blumenthal, folks, don't lose me here. This is going to be a bit of a rehash of yesterday's show, but it's going to be, don't, don't lose me. This is critical. Remember what we're talking about here. They needed a dossier to buttress the case, to spy on Carter Page, to create legal cover for what they were already doing. How did they get the information is the question. The question is, we already know route number one, Russian intel gave it to Christopher Steele. The Russians are now using our FISA courts to spy on American citizens. Holy crap. And secondly, the information vacuum where they where they had holes in the information. Oh, that was filled in by who? Oh, friends of the Clintons. Fascinating from Vice News. Let me read to you a quote. Sid Blumenthal is operating in Libya. Oh, where Benghazi is? Yeah, for those of you liberals who need a map. Blumenthal's operating in Libya. He is not a government employee. Quote from the Vice piece. It appears that Clinton's office, too, was awash in Libya rumors. Nearly a third of all the emails she received on the security and political situation in Libya during her tenure as Secretary of State came from Blumenthal, a longtime Clinton associate who was not formally employed by the State Department. <laughs> Joe. Mm. Get ready to have your brain just electrocuted right now. He was on the payroll of the Clinton Foundation, bringing in $10,000 a month as a consultant while pursuing his own business interests in Libya. I, I can't even believe what I'm reading you. Blumenthal's emails to Clinton now have been made public in response to a FOIA lawsuit filed by Vice News. Here, this is this is incredible. Clinton's correspondence reveals that Blumenthal regularly sent her intelligence cable style updates on Libya. This guy's not a government employee that cited anonymous sources who claim to be uh, close to the country's political elites. Wait, wait, folks, one more. This is critical. These briefs were prepared by Blumenthal's business partner and former CIA operative Tyler Drumheller, a consultant with plans to take advantage of economic opportunities in post-war Libya. This is key. Both Drumheller and Blumenthal worked with a Libyan company called Osbury, a startup that hoped to profit off medical and military contracts in the chaos after the war. WTF, over and out.
So now a political operative on the payroll of the Clinton Foundation for a substantial 10K a month who stands to benefit substantially from chaos in Libya is emailing Hillary Clinton about the situation in Libya. Nearly a third of her traffic on Libya our email traffic, we know this from a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request on their email, is from a political hack who is also providing information to an operative, a British operative, Christopher Steele, who is using those paperwork, the paperwork, the dossier he's putting together on that information to give to the FBI to spy on Hillary's political opponents? What? the hell is going at least police state actors joe mm-hmm. are a little more open and transparent they just joe you know what <laughs> police state actors usually just lock up and torture their opponents right. they tried to cover their tracks now what's so devastating about this libya connection well obviously and remember i'm not trying to be cute about this folks i mean this I said to you yesterday, and don't ever forget this, I can always sniff out a conspiracy theory when it ties up everything in a neat little bow. Nothing works that way. The world is an ugly place with vast interconnections and webs that are hard to explain. If it's easy to explain, I'm telling you it didn't happen. I'm not trying to be cute to tie things together. Oh, look, Benghazi's my. I'm just telling you what happened. You do the math. Benghazi blows up in Libya. Clinton knows she's been emailing a political hack about the situation in Libya that may have influenced her decisions that led to the deaths of four Americans over there. Just like Uranium One, they need this to all go away. Blumenthal has an interest in this going away because he's been emailing Hillary about Libya. Hillary has an interest in in this going away because she's running for president and four Americans died. How do we make it go away? We take out Trump. We take out Trump during the election by spying on his butt. And we take him out afterwards by impeaching his butt. Because if this comes out, we're in a world of trouble. Now, you may say, but it's already out. We already have the FOIA on the emails. You have no idea the depth of the involvement with these people, with their contracts and how they were going to profit off this. We don't know the whole story yet. How does it work? Blumenthal is feeding information that is somehow making it into these these documents Steele's compiling using his credibility. How are they doing it? Folks, this was a very sophisticated information laundering operation. The Clintons hijacked the Department of Justice and the FBI by putting together the Clinton dossier. It was not the Steele dossier. Steele's a patsy too. He's just a middleman. He's a name they use on it. Steele's getting his information from the Russians and he's getting his information from Clinton confidants. Blumenthal's operating in Libya. The special envoy to Libya is conveniently a man named Jonathan Weiner. Jonathan Weiner is already on the record in a Washington Post piece by Josh Rogan, which I discussed yesterday. Washington Post, I'm not making this up. Believe it's in yesterday's show notes. Jonathan Weiner, it's already on the record, having passed information he got about Trump from some of these same sources, these Clinton confidants. 
He's already on the record in this Washington Post piece as to having passed some of that information on to Kerry, John Kerry, and in fact, on to the FBI later. John Weiner is the special envoy for Libya. You think they all may have a role in making sure Donald Trump, negative information on Donald Trump gets to the FBI? (laughs) Folks, do you see now why we have a Hatch Act? Why we have a Hatch Act that specifically prohibits people with law enforcement powers and specific government employees, such as those in the State Department, from actively getting involved in political, pure political matters? Am I making sense, Joe, that the reason Mm -hmm. we have a Hatch Act is because the incentive is not to pass information to the FBI about Trump. Mm -hmm. It's to take out Donald Trump Mm -hmm. and how that incentive makes people do things that are questionably legal at best. Is this making sense, Armacost? Yes, Mr. Bongino, yes. Mm -hmm. Folks, I... This is such a deeply troubling and disturbing case that I hope you understand the reason I've spent an inordinate amount of time on it from episode 628 on is because if nothing is done as a corrective mechanism to fix what happened here, you are effectively living in a police state where political operatives use their political positions to both gather and use information to spy on people, to create information, to use our FISA courts, to create patsies, to create fall guys, and there's no firewall against it. Now, some of you have emailed me and said, well, Dan, I'm, 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 I can't anymore. I'm upset. Is anything going to happen? Yes. Yes, folks, it will. The OIG report, the Office of Inspector General, which is the internal affairs outfit that is reviewing everything that happened here in the Department of Justice, knows exactly what I'm telling you. Sooner or later, it's going to be find out. It's going to be found out who swore to the information in court. I'm reasonably confident I know who it is. That person who swore to the information in court is 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 open to either civil or criminal liability in this. There are going to be people who are either sued or criminally prosecuted. I'm absolutely sure of it. This is, I hate the comparisons to any other scandal, but this scandal is going to be a watershed moment. I think there's going to be a significant reevaluation, hopefully, of the disastrous 702 and FISA warrant applications. And I think there is going to be a very sincere reevaluation of the Hatch Act. And we may have to impose some very real penalties on that. The penalties now are largely administrative. Mm-hmm. This is the reason we don't have people in political power engaging with political campaigns and law enforcement at the same time, precisely because this happened. Folks, I mean, think about what happened in the Obama years. We had the IRS targeting conservative groups. We had governments across the country, state, local, and federal level, targeting people for their religious beliefs, little sisters of the poor because they didn't want to sell abortifacient drugs. We had the FBI and DOJ management uh, level, uh, FBI and DOJ people, knowingly colluding together with both Russian intelligence and Clinton confidants to spy on the Trump team during a political campaign for president. Tell me again how the Obama administration was such a benevolent philanthropic force in our society. I think I've made a sound case to you that they were the most destructive presidential administration over two terms we've had in modern American history. They have decimated American faith in government. They've destroyed the FBI. They've destroyed the Department of Justice. They've destroyed the IRS. They've destroyed Americans' faith in government. This is disgusting and filthy what they did. 
Now, remember the September 2nd text. POTUS wants to know everything. I've told you what the next shoe to drop is. Joe, if I'm correct, we have not been wrong on one prediction yet. That's right. We talked about Sid Blumenthal yesterday before the story even broke. Yeah. Uh, it just happened. Listen to yesterday's show. Story broke at night. We talked about it during the day. There's a reason. And I'll tell you some other time how we're getting all this stuff. But it's a good one. The next shoe to drop are the Obama emails. The 30,000 emails with Hillary aren't missing. You think those emails may have something to do with Obama, who we already know she was emailing? Even better. You think some of those emails may be emails to Sid Blumenthal? <sighs> uh, plausible deniability is going to go out the window. Sid Blumenthal, we now know, is a source for some of this information. Wow. Wait till those emails come out. Oh, you, th- oh, you heard they were missing? Oh, you heard wrong. And by the way, you didn't hear it here first. There are other people who know this. Those emails ain't missing. And ain't is a word in this case. They are not missing. Wait till you see those bad boys. All right. One final topic for the day. Um, we got some. What, let me check here the time. Sorry, folks. I just want to make sure. We're, all right. We got a little bit of time left here. So it's interesting that Adam Schiff, the lead hack, the ranking member Democrat on the Intel Committee, who is uh, really disgracing himself, the office and the American people. Mm -hmm. um, He's the one pushing this Trump collusion false fairy tale. He's the one pushing their response to the memo. A couple quick things on this. Um, I have a story again in the show notes today. It's devastating. The Democrats are now pulling a dipsy do flipperoo because the Democrats on the I'm not talking about voting Democrats out in the country, but the Democrats up on the Hill are really a disgusting, uh, filthy group of national security tyrants. Oh, Dan, that's harsh. Um, Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's for a reason. They have now an opposing memo, opposing uh, that's supposed to counteract the memo that was released last week that was devastating, the one we addressed on uh, Friday. And they're pulling a little trick, Joe, on the memo. No. Adam Schiff, who is a political actor, by the way, just got caught on tape uh, colluding with foreign officials to get uh, supposedly naked pictures of Trump. He got pranked. (laughs) Da, da, da. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, to show you what kind of a dog this guy is. He's literally on the phone recorded colluding with foreigners to get naked pictures of Trump. But let's forget all of that, right? Okay, for a second. But that actually happened. They did a little devious thing in the memo, Joe. Hmm. They're putting information in their memo that knowingly puts national security at risk. By the way, after complaining that the memo that was released on Friday that had no sources and methods or national security information at all, they complained about that. They are knowingly putting information in their memo that puts sources and methods and national security at risk. Oh, why would Someone will have to redact that, Dan. That- Wow, man, you're getting smart. You must have been you must have been reading my mind. Someone will have to redact it. But Joe, what do they get to say after the president then redacts pieces of this document they put out that they knowingly put in it to endanger national security? What do you think they're gonna say You've President Trump did? Censored it there, Mr. Trump. You've censored you it. Look at a- President Trump. He's hiding all this information that's about him. It's not about him. Now you'll never see it because it's redacted. It's blacked over. You don't know what it's about. And what's he going to do? Is Trump going to say, well, it's about a CIA spy we have overseas who's going to be killed if we out him? He can't say that. The Democrats are putting compromising material on the U.S. government in their own memo, anticipating Trump, who will do the responsible thing and redact it, 
so they can say, look, Trump is censoring critical information. He, Folks, these people are dogs. Dogs. I have an article describing this process by Byron York, the Washington Examiner, in the show notes today. Please read it because your liberal friends, when the memo is released, the Democrat memo, will undoubtedly, because they're, they're like the Borg in Star Trek, they, don't ha- they think in a hive mind, they don't have brains of their own, will undoubtedly say, oh, look, there was more in the memo, though. It's all redacted. Yeah, <laughs> it's national security stuff that would likely get someone killed. But when you're a dog, that's what you do. A dog. Hey, um, you know what? I, I don't want, I don't have time for this today. I really wanted to get to it, but there's a really good, just do me a favor. Don't miss tomorrow's show because I'm intimately involved and I'm not going to let this scandal go. Don't you worry. But there's a really, really terrific op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today. I'm not going to include it in the show notes because it's subscriber only, but I have some quotes from it that are really fascinating. It's by Andy Puzder, uh, who's done some great job. Uh, done a great job in the economy. And it is a thorough evisceration of the theory that the Trump economy that is now booming is somehow the Obama economy. Don't miss it. I'm going to give you, it's very easy to read and I'm going to give you, I'll do it tomorrow because I don't want to rush through it, be unfair to you. And it describes some really devastating stuff. We'll also stay on top of this because I've, there's stuff breaking literally by the minute on this. Uh, don't miss the show tomorrow. Please go to Bongino.com. Check out the show notes and subscribe to my email list. Thanks for everything, folks. Really appreciate it. See you all soon. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.